You see, there's a harvest field out there. There's a harvest field out there. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm more and more convinced that we are on the cusp of a move of God in this land and we're not recognising it. Because we're still using an old paradigm, an old model that says, we'll put on a great church meeting, you come to us. And that was never the paradigm that Jesus gave us. The paradigm that Jesus gave us was, you go. You go find people, you go reach people, you go talk to people, you go share about me, share about the great things I've done in your life. And that's kind of why we're doing this series called uh, Surprise the World. Now, it's week five. If, if this is your first week, don't worry. Firstly, you can get them all on um, our website. You can listen to all the previous versions. But don't worry, because I'm going to give you like a two, three-minute crazy of the main points right now before I go on to say something else this morning. Now, Surprise the World is about reaching people. But it's about reaching people in a way that's natural. Because I, I believe we've made another mistake in that we've tried to reach people in a way that is unnatural to most of us. We've uh, try, all tried to do the job of the evangelist instead of sharing our faith naturally. And we, we practice lots of things, but when it comes down to it, we've been ineffective because we freeze and we don't know actually what to do. So all this series has been about doing things naturally developing new habits that become a lifestyle that surprises the world and creates a, a place where we can share about our faith. And so what we're about is raising an army of ordinary people who um, announce and demonstrate the kingdom of God. An army of ordinary people who announce and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And... We looked at various steps in that, and the first thing we looked at was being a people who bless. Because that's been God's tactic all the way through. Right from the beginning of creation, uh, he, he renewed it and proclaimed it and spoke it over Abraham when he, when he birthed the, 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 the Jewish nation through Abraham. He renewed it with Isaac, and he renews it with us as new covenant believers, which is we are blessed to be a blessing. We are, there's an intention in God blessing us. And the, the purpose is that people should see that God has made a difference in our lives. And the way they see that is if we intentionally bless them. And so blessing is about developing a habit of, of just, just reaching out to people and showing them the goodness of God. So in order to develop that habit, we're going to have to do it deliberately. And so I said to, to you, and I'm, I'm, I still want you to be running with your lists of people you've written down. I want you to think of some new things. This isn't, this isn't a go-away thing. This is, we're talking about developing habits that become a lifestyle. So this is a permanent thing. So each week, think of three people to bless. Find a way of blessing three people one of who's a believer, one of who's an unbeliever, and you can take your choice on the third. Because blessing is a lifestyle seen in, in the life of believers and the life of Christians. And then we looked at the second stage of it, which in my original version, which wasn't quite as catchy, because if you remember my original version was uh, basically drink coffee, play chess, talk. 
which did, it couldn't, wasn't catchy and didn't really work. But this is, this is the second version. This is the version of drink coffee, eat. Eat with people, have a hospitality with people, share with people, talk with people over coffee, talk with people at the coffee machine, talk with them, just relate to them. I'm not talking about sharing the gospel to them. I'm talking about relating to them, being interested in them, and genuinely taking an interest in their life. That's what I mean by eat. Invite people for a coffee. Invite people to eat with you. Be hospitable people. That was Jesus' number one tactic. In fact, so much so that they accused him of like gluttony and being a drunkard because he was always where people were. He was always eating with them. He was always sharing where they were. And the early church became viral on the back or, or using this tactic of hospitality around each other's homes. And so the second thing is eat. So that's drink, coffee, eat with people three a week. Three people each week, at least two of whom aren't from church. There's your challenge, at least two of whom aren't from church. And one of the things that happens with these things, and, I, and I'm not going to apologize for it, is you go, well, I haven't got the time to do this. Well, your priorities are wrong. It's kingdom first. It's kingdom first. And we have to be doing these things. We can't sit here, we can't sing songs, crying out to God for revival, and then say we're too busy. Or we can't fit it in our world. We have to become a people who fit our lives around God instead of fitting God around our lives. And that's a major cultural shift for the state we've got ourselves into the church in the UK. And we need to be that people who fit their lives around God. Amen? Yeah, you see, you can do enthusiastic amen. I like that. I like enthusiastic amen. So here we go. So this morning, I'm just going to take it a little bit further. I just trying to remember where I put my notes, and here they are. So, we're getting on the exciting bit now, because all of that, you're not actually talking about Jesus. Because you can't just leave it with eating people. That was kind of the problem, <laughs> Eat, eating with people. <laughs> Sorry, missed a word out there, eating with people. Reminds me of Cheryl when she said, we're all going to eat a vegetarian. <laughs> It runs in the family, that one. You can't just leave it eating with people because that's great, but there's, there's a purpose. Now, here's what I want to say first. You eat with people to build a relationship with them, not to get them saved. Because people realize when there's an agenda behind things. You know, the whole concept of us inviting people around for a barbecue in order to tell them what the gospel is, People are wise to that. They, and guy, you wouldn't like it done to you. No. You just wouldn't. We eat with people because we, we start to enjoy the wonder of God's creation in other people. That's why we're doing it. Now, out of that, there will be opportunities where... Um, people will ask you about your faith and there will be opportunities to talk about your faith and there will be opportunities to talk about what God's done in your life. Here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit's on it, you don't have to force it. So all of this needs to be covered with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. 
And it needs to be covered in your prayer life. Because in our prayer lives, we develop an awareness of the voice of God. And we learn to listen to him. So we, we, we need to kind of strengthen that area in each of us. Now, if, you're, if we're living a life where we are people who are blessing others and where we are uh, in relationship with others, inevitably, because we're not shifting, there will be an obvious um, reality to other people that we carry a different value system and that we're different. And you're going to get the opportunity to speak to people about Jesus. Now, I'm not talking here, it's really important you understand this, I am not talking about inviting somebody for coffee and five minutes in thinking, how can I get to the gospel presentation? That simply does not work. It does for a few people. They are immensely gifted people by God, called evangelists. They can do the same thing I do. I hack people off. They seem to get people falling on their knees weeping. I don't know how it works. It just doesn't work for me. But it's amazing to see. But we all need some, we, we're all called to share. And so we need something where we can share. And so here's, here's I'm going to say there's two questions we've we, we probably got in our heads by now, which is, so when do I open my mouth? When do I speak? And when I speak, what do I say? Because you need to give me a bit of help here as to what I'm going to say, Mark, and, and how it's all, all this is going to work, because I'm with you, but I don't, I don't know how to take it any further forward. So when do you speak? Well, there's some really good advice on this from the, from, from the Apostle James. James chapter 1, verse 19. And this is what James says. Um, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And I'm getting some smiles because uh, in the preaching and teaching class I'm running at the moment, they watched a whole sermon that somebody did on this very verse. And, and so I'm getting, getting a little smiles, like, oh, Mark's nicked his verse. So I'm not nicking the whole sermon, so you're all right. But here, here's the thing. Just read those words again. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, who's every man? Put your hand up if you're every man. See, and woman. Generic, mankind. We're not doing all that stuff anyway. Because I'll just get it all wrong. And then I'll get in trouble, so I'm not going there. Okay, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. This is what I want you to see. What's the most important thing we do? Listen. We, we are slow to speak. And if we can keep that in mind, that we're meant to be listening and slow to speak, we will, won't have this temptation that is, is just like shipwrecked so many uh, attempts at reaching people, which is just to blurt it out and vomit some sort of presentation on people. And if we listen to them, we'll find out what's important to them. You see, Jesus, when he talked to people directly, when he interacted with people, he found out and he talked about what was important to them. 
And that's where he started. So that, that, that word, um, hear or listen, in the original language, it means this, to give audience to, or to seek to understand, or to come to for the purpose of hearing a report. So in our attitude and our approach to people that we're in relationship with, or somebody that we've just bumped into a coffee shop, or somebody we're chatting to in the queue at Tesco, or, or any of those circumstances, number one, we're listening. We're giving an audience to the person. I find it really interesting that, that one of the, the great classics, which is now, you know, it comes under this title, self-help, one of the great classics, and, and you read it and you go like, this is Jesus talking, this is Jesus talking. And it's this principle. So the, the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, one of the main things he says is be genuinely interested in other people. They're, they're, they're more interested, you know, you'll get a much better response if you're interested in them than just telling them about you. Yeah. So we need to be genuinely interested in people. And we should be genuinely interested in people because we've got the Spirit of God in us and he's genuinely interested in people. And, and we follow Jesus and he genuinely loved people. And he cared about them so much that he would die for them. So... Is it the other side of that, the, the bit that we don't like, which is slow to anger? I think we are doing ourselves a massive disservice as, as the body of Christ because we're angry with everybody and everything. We're, we, we're known for what we're against, not who we're for. And, and you only have to look at social media and we we're not just angry at the world and what the world is doing, but we're angry at each other. Yeah. And like, if there's one thing Jesus says don't do, and one thing Paul says don't do, it's be angry. And, and, and like, in your face. But, you know, I, this is a real thing when you're sharing in a conversation and you're sharing about your faith. Because what do you do when somebody disagrees with you? And too often I've seen Christians escalate and grow aggressive. Yeah. We're not going to get anybody by aggressive. Mm. And the reason is this. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So if they see the aggression of a Christian, it doesn't work. It doesn't relate. But we just want to argue about everything. Yeah. And apologetics have their place, but they're not... You know, the, the fruitfulness of arguing people into the kingdom is minute compared to the fruitfulness and, and the viral church that God wants to start in this nation and has started in many other nations through the ages. And so, it's really important that we are quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs 18.13 says this, He who answers a matter before he hears it it is folly to him and shame. And too often we, we go and we've prepared ourselves to, uh, with answers and we're educated with answers to questions nobody's asking. That's kind of like something, it's, it's one of the things we do. We, we, we get new believers and we educate them to the point of not having any Christian friends and being able to answer questions that nobody's actually asking. Because people are much more concerned about a few down-to-earth issues in their life. And that's what they're asking. So we need to hear what they're asking. Otherwise, we're just stupid, according to Proverbs. 
See, many people are waiting for someone to listen to them. There's a desperate need amongst people for people to listen to them. There's a desperate need in this nation because people are lonely, depressed, and overwhelmed. And they need people to listen to them. The state of this this, this country that we live in and, and the speed we live at, we have an epidemic called depression and another epidemic called loneliness. And the sad thing is, the church is the answer to it. Jesus is the answer to the problem. And so we need to be people who listen. So when do you speak? Well, you speak when you've listened with discernment. When, you sp- when you're listening, you're listening carefully to what the person is saying and taking that to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to come on to this in a minute, but just watch, uh, just watch Jesus, what Jesus does. In, in Luke 24... So Jesus has just got resurrected. Everybody's like kind of really depressed because they think he's dead. And this is what Jesus does. And he said to them, so this is on the road to Emmaus. He said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging one another as you are walking? As they stood still looking sad. Now, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because if I was Jesus, I'd have gone, ta-da, it's me. <laughs> but... It's really important we connect with people where they are, not where we want them to be. Because Jesus connects with people where they are, not where they're going to be. So we need to connect with them where they are. So just carrying on with this. um, And one of them named Cleopas answered, said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem unaware of the things that happened here in these days? Well, he's kind of the only one that's really aware of what's happened, isn't he? So here's his big moment, ta-da, number two. But then he says, and he said to them, what things? Why is he doing that? Because he's interested in them, what's, what's troubling them, what's on their heart, meeting them where they are. And they said to him, the things about Jesus and Nazarene, who's a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. So they're there, and they're walking along this road, and they're going, all my hopes are dashed. I put all my hopes in Jesus. I thought he was the warrior king that was going to come redeem Israel, and now he's dead. They don't know he's resurrected. And, And so... He's got their heartbeat. He's got what's on their heart and he starts to respond to them. So the first thing I want you to to get is, because you're going like, well, when are we going to talk to people about Jesus? Well, quick to listen, slow to speak. You see, we have to connect with people where they are. I was uh, talking to a guy, you you might remember this, about a year ago now, I was in Pret, because uh, all the best things happen in coffee shops, because where else are you going to meet people these days? Like a disco, a concert, a football match, you can't talk to people, it's too loud, 
coffee shops, life. You know, people, you, they're not there over the back of the fence anymore. You have to go find them. You have to go where people are. Jesus went where people were rather than expecting them to come to him. And so I, I, I was in prayer and I, I was sat there, you know, doing, eating my sandwiches, you do, and drinking my coffee. And there was this guy on the table next to me and he, he was reading this book. And uh, I just said to him, like, is it a good book? And, and, he, and he said, well, yeah. He said, I'm a philosopher. And, and this is, this is a, one, one of the books that I'm reading at the moment. I said, oh, what, what's it about? He said, well, as well as being a philosopher, I'm an atheist. And, and so it's, it's all about atheism and uh, how there's no God. I said, oh, right, okay. I said, how's that working for you? <laughs> like, in, in terms of that, is, is that something you're struggling with? Is it, is it something you find challenging? And, and he, start, he started to talk, and I'm going like, God, I have no idea what to do here. Um, because my natural instinct is go face to face. I can argue that guy for 24 hours nonstop. And I've never led anybody to Christ by doing it. And so I'm going, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm saying, why, why is it that you, you don't believe in God? Because that's what the Holy Spirit told me to ask him. Why is it you don't believe in God? And he said, because I've had this happen in my life and that happen in my life, and if there was a God, it wouldn't happen. And that enabled me to share about the goodness of God and how he'd come through for me in my life and what a difference it had made in my life. And this guy at the end, he goes, you really believe this stuff, don't you? And I'm going, yeah. He said, I've never met anybody who was sincere about what they believe. You've really made me think. Now, all that without attacking. All that without going head to head. Why? Here's the thing. I listen to him. So the next step, so you've got bless, you've got eat, you've got listen to others. Listen to others. That's the, the third habit that we need to build in. Listen to others. So, when do you speak? When you finish listening. And when you've got something to say about what's on their heart. And then what do you say? Any ideas? Yeah. Roger's got the right answer, so I'm not going to give them that, Roger, because they can't hear you at the back, and they're all quiet and shy. What do you say? If I asked you what to say before you came in here, you'd all have a completely different thing you would say at that point. None of them are wrong. None of them are bad. In fact, they're all really good. But what we have to say is what the Holy Spirit tells us to say. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said... You, you can't do this, guys. Even though you can raise people from the dead, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit because you've got to take my church to the world. And so he, here we are. And what, so what do you say? You know, like, give me some biblical basis for that, Mark. Show me you're not you know, just making it up. In Luke 12, um, they're in a really pressured situation. And Jesus is telling them what to do. He's basically saying, guys... If you're doing this stuff about being a blessing to the world and you're relating to people and you're reaching out to people 
and you're listening to them and meeting them where they, their point of need is, you are going to stir up problems for yourself. And you are going to be put under pressure who, by people who won't like what you're doing because it will be effective, is this corollary of that. There's, there's no pressure from stuff that's ineffective. So Jesus is saying, if you're doing the right things, pressure will come. Kickback will come. Um, I, was, I was really, like, bowled over this week because I got, I got a, a message on message, Facebook Messenger and an email uh, this week really saying how appreciative people were of the stuff that I've been helping, you know, talking about on social media and through my blog and all that sort of stuff and how much it had helped them, which is absolutely fantastic because the previous week I had one, one message where somebody called me the Antichrist <laughs> and then I had a whole stream of stuff which, which I, I take down off Facebook which basically said I was speaking the words of the devil and I was the mouthpiece of Satan because I was using that terrible word grace. And so you get this stuff. And if we're doing the right things, we get kickback. You know, I, I remember when, uh, you know, something that John and Carol Arnott talk about is how much kickback they got when the whole Toronto Blessing thing started. And it was from the friends. You know, it's people close to you. It's not just, like, out there. And, and you know, public criticism for them. I, you know, I, I'm not that famous yet. If ever. You know, like... Quick God, I'm aging. <laughs> it's a joke. We need to make Jesus famous, not us. Okay? So they're, they're in this pressure situation. Now, here's, here's what happens. Luke 12. Um, turned to the wrong page there. Verses 11 to 12. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not become anxious about how or what you should speak in your defense or what you should say. Why? For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, clearly at that point, the Holy Spirit hasn't come. So that's a prophetic word for the other side of the cross, how they are going to deal with things as the New Testament church. That when the pressure comes, when they're put in a situation where there's something they have to say, what must they do? Ask the Holy Spirit what to say. It's really important that we get this. You know, we... we I don't know how you can be a believer and not be a spirit-filled believer and not put the priority on hearing the voice of God and relationship through the Holy Spirit. I just don't know how you can function because that's not how we were set up. We were set up to be spirit-led people. And so we've, we've, we've got to put the weight of our time and, and, and our, our uh, pressing into God right there to hear his voice, to hear what he's saying. You have to listen to what the Holy Spirit gives you to say. And that will be really helpful because it will enable you to appreciate a few things as well. Because if you uh, start just saying what he gives you to say, you'll start to recognize some things in the pattern of what he's doing. And the first thing is this. Virtually all the time, you won't have to give a full gospel presentation all in one go. 
because you're sowing. And you're sowing in such a way that the Holy Spirit is in control of. And he knows what that person needs right there and then and what that person uh, is going on in that heart. You see, we can't tell what is going on in the spiritual realm. You can look at a person and you can look them in the eyes and whilst you might find out a little bit about them, you really don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know how much of a mask it is you're seeing. And you can't. And that's, you know, like that Jesus tells lots of parables about this, that you can't actually work out who's going to respond to these things. And so what, you, what you've got to do is you've got to go, the Holy Spirit, however, knows. Yeah. He knows the exact thing to say to that exact person. Yeah. And I can't. That's why pre-prepared presentations very rarely work. Because they're not the exact thing that exact person needs. And so we, we, we need to strengthen in that, the area of our personal time with God so we learn to hear his voice for our public time in front of people. And so we're not trying to get it all out in one go. Remember he said that Paul planted, Apollos watered, and somebody else got the glory. And that's okay. That's okay in the kingdom. If we're all doing this, there'll be lots of glory to go around and we'll end up picking up some of the things where other people planted seeds and other people watered. And we'll go, oh, I led somebody to Christ today. Well, you were the end of the chain. Excellent. Great. We're all, it's a body thing. It's not a scorecard thing. Here's the second thing. We are trying to say what the Holy Spirit gives us, nothing more and nothing less. Say what the Holy Spirit gives you, nothing more, nothing less. You see, le learning these things and, and working through this over the last, I guess, two, two and a half years for me has just been completely energizing. And it helped me to rediscover the fact that I can reach people, I can lead people to Christ. And, and that's something that I hadn't really done since I was at university. University, I led loads of people to Christ. And at school, half my year got saved in, you know, in the course of our school years. But somewhere along the line, you lose it. We, we become professional Christians. And here's the thing about professional Christians. They stop being dependent Christians. And we're meant to not be professional. We're meant to be dependent on God. And so, you know... There's a real excitement about this. John, uh, the Gospel of John says this, John 16, 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he is, he will speak, and he will tell you the things that are to come. Wouldn't you just love to know what's coming? When you're in one of them difficult conversations, don't you really just want to know what's coming? Well, you don't know what's coming, but he does. And so it's really essential for us that we get the, the order of things here because God, who is spirit, discerns all things spiritual. And he tells the Holy Spirit what to do about it. And the Holy Spirit, who is one with our spirit, tells us what to do about it. 
if we cut that, that chain between us and the Holy Spirit, we are walking around blind leading blind. And so it's so important that we, that we do this and we understand that the Holy Spirit's given for a purpose. Are you with me? Are you still getting this? Proverbs 2.6 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. When you're relating to people and you're dealing with difficult conversations with atheists and people who are aggressively anti-Christian and all the rest of it, what do you need? You need wisdom. You need understanding. And where do you get it? You get it from the Holy Spirit. Who gives you it? You know, we do not... I know we live in Cambridge. And Cambridge is the cleverest place on earth. But we don't have everything. Even in Cambridge, we still need the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit. But we still need him. It's a joke again. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what, 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 what's happening. We, we face in that we've been built church on information and techniques and to that extent we mitigate against being spirit led now just get that carefully we built church on information and techniques and to that extent we mitigate it's being spirit led I'm not talking about order or organization. I'm talking about how we approach and how we appear and interact with the outside world. And so we, we, this is kind of a, a heart call to get back to putting the spirit in the lead in our lives. And that's something that at various points we, we, can, we can slip away from as individuals. In Acts chapter 4, you might remember that the, the, the new church and the disciples were put under real pressure because the, the lame guy got healed. He started jumping and shouting and all that sort of stuff and they hauled him up before all the authorities and the guy said, well, I don't know what happened but I do know the news this name Jesus and I got healed as a result. And so they haul him in and they tell him that they can't use Jesus' name and uh, they, they send him out and... And what do they do? They don't say, oh, we need to find a way of not using Jesus' name. Instead, what they do is they go to the Holy Spirit and they pray and ask for boldness. Uh, Acts 4, 29, 31 says this, and when they had prayed, the place where they assembled, oh, I'll start again, go back up first. Now, Lord, look at my threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, and when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they pray for boldness, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak with boldness. They got the answer to the prayer right there and then. And so they, they go back out and, you know, as you know, Many and many were added to their number and the whole thing grew, grew and grew and grew. Now, when it, what I just want you to see from this is just something really subtle. When they say that we may speak your word, 
they don't have the New Testament. The Old Testament law is now out the window. So what are they talking about? They're saying that we may speak your word. They're saying what we hear from your voice. What we hear from your spirit. That's speaking their word. You know, we, we, we tend to translate that through, I've got the book and I need to learn loads of verses and regurgitate them all in a sensible order. No, what they're doing is they're listening for the voice of God, the living word, and they're speaking it with boldness in the name of Jesus. You see, when, when Peter uh, goes to the, the, the lame man originally, he doesn't go up and say, I can't do anything about you because I haven't got a verse to go with it. He says, I'll, I'll give you what I have. Get up, be, walk. I don't have arms. I don't have money. But you can get up and walk. How, how, what, what's he listening to? He's not listening. He's not trying to regurgitate scripture. He's trying to hear the voice of the Spirit and what the Spirit's telling him to do. Because this guy's asking for money. How does he respond? Does he just go, sorry, I haven't got any? No, the Holy Spirit says, go, get him on his feet. He's going to walk. And so he does that. He is the voice of God. Here's the crunch for this morning. To know when to speak and to know what to speak, you have to practice listening to God. It has to be a habit in your life, listening to God. So how do you do that? Well, if you want to be serious about this, you set aside time once a day and you go where there's no distractions and you just say, God, I'm here to listen. I'm here to listen. Now, I don't have time to do a whole teaching on hearing God this morning because you've had that before and, and it's, you, you can easily access it again. But the point is that we all hear God in different ways anyway. And what we have to do is find out the way that we hear God. Um, and we won't be able to do that unless we schedule it into our time. You just won't do it. You've got to schedule it in. To learn something, you've got to give it a bit of time. And then once you've learned it, you still need a bit of time to hear it. And so you've got to schedule it in. It's got to be part of your life. You see, the reason we need to do this is more important, I think, than it's ever been. Because as missional people in this world, we are engaging with a world of unbelief. We're not engaging any longer with the church culture or a Judeo-Christian moral culture. We're not engaging with that world anymore. It disappeared 20-odd years ago. And we're just starting to wake up to the fact, actually, we're the minority around here. We're the minority value holders around here. And the, the other thing that, that's caught us is that the speed of everything is much quicker. And there's so much more coming at us all the time, more advertising, more media, more social media, more uh, programmed interaction 
just, the, it's fast, 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 fast. You know, like, we get complaints now. You get, get an email on a Sunday, and on a Monday morning you get a complaint because you didn't answer it on Sunday night. That would have been unheard of 20 years ago. And so, life's different, and we need to know how the Spirit is speaking into our world right now as it is. Because we cannot possibly understand how to handle all this stuff. It's too much for any one person to handle. And that's, that. you know, just have some feeling for our teenagers because they're trying to cope with all this stuff and it's wrecking them. It's really hard to deal with this. And so we need to know what the Holy Spirit is saying and speaking into that place. So here's the last question I just want to like cover off because if I don't cover it off, somebody, somebody will come up with it. So how do you balance our engagement with the world with us being different from the world or separate from the world? How do you know whether you're going to engage in a particular way in a particular place or you need to resist that particular way in a particular place when it's happening? How do you know what you go with and what you don't go with? How do you know where you can actually be in its midst or it's dangerous for you? How do you know those things? You can't. By any set of rules. The only way you can know those things is if you're engaged with God first and foremost. You see, when God says separate yourself, it's always to separate yourself to him. Why? So he can speak in to those who don't not yet know him. So we separate ourselves to him to get his wisdom of how to speak into those who don't yet know him. And so it's really important that, you know, some we, we have, you know, come across loads of people over the years and, and they're just so um, cut off from anything that they're just that is, you know, not even, you know, not just bad things, but good things as well, just because they're not Christian. And that's not helpful to anybody. And then you've got other people who, who just, you can't tell any difference in their life from the day they said they were Christian to now, because nothing's changed. And we need the wisdom of God so that we are changing more and more into the likeness of Christ, remembering that Christ hung out with all the worst sinners. So we need some wisdom on that, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up now. So the only way you can do this is to listen to the promptings of the Spirit. Because he corrects, he encourages, he pushes you forwards, he gives you wisdom when to speak, and he gives you wisdom when to shut up. That's equally important. Knowing when to shut up can be actually more important than knowing when to speak. So we've got to create space in our lives to hear the voice of the Spirit so that we can respond to those promptings and speak them, nothing more, nothing less. So here's the, here's the thing. When you speak, when you've listened to others, what do you say when you've listened to the Holy Spirit? So we've got bless, We've got eat, we've got listen to others, listen to the Spirit. 
We're going to start ringing some bells, aren't we? See, I've been building that. I've held that one back. And that should tell you you have one letter to come next week. Well, it's not quite, but it will be. We've got one letter to come. It's not next week, it's the week after. We have guest preachers next week. Our friends from Holland. Um, they're coming next week from Victory Church Holland. And it's gone. It's gone, you see. It's gone to save the world. <laughs> it's gone to evangelize the world. Bless, eat, listen to others, listen to the Spirit. And we'll start to ring some bells. Now, here's what I want you to do just to finish off this morning. I want you to just, have you all got like something you can write on? Or a phone you can type into? Or whatever. I'd just like you to just take a couple of minutes because we're actually practicing listening to the voice of God. So I want you to just pray. I'm not going to say anything after this. After you've done this, you can go get your tea and coffee and chat amongst yourselves further. Yeah, connect stand. Right. Okay, so you've sidetracked me now. Okay. If you're new this morning, we have a new innovation called the Connect Stand. So you should have had a lovely little welcome when you came in. But to find out more and to get free brownie or free cake and to get sort of fresh brewed tea or coffee and to get a free gift, you can go to that stand, but only if you're new. So just stay there, June. And, and then we have some lovely people who will answer all your questions, who are full of the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, including Heather. <laughs> That's the plug for the Connect Stand. So if, you, if, if you're new, go over there. There's some goodies for you over there. And here's what I want you to do. I'm on from the Connect Stand now. I want you to just take a couple of minutes, say, God... What are the important things for me that I've heard this morning? Right now, for me, what's really important? What are you, what are you saying to me? And when you've done that, I want you to share those with the person next to you. And then I want you to pray for each other. And then you can have your coffee. Well, if you haven't, sorry, I'll just, I'll just need to sort of get my, one of my eldership team up to speed here. I thought I was going to write something and then you could have talked. So I got no, you're going to write down what God said that oh, is important okay. to you. Sorry. Then you're going to share it and then you're going to pray for each other. Got it? Got it? Oh, can we do that? Cool, I'm done. I'll just pray for you at first. Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you're showing us. I thank you for all that you're leading us into. I thank you for the fruits that we are seeing as we reach out. And Lord, we are expectant of much more because you said the field is white for harvest. And right now we're putting our hands up to be laborers in that harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.